Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This podcast is sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. Stop spending a fortune on gimmicky shave tech you don't need. Make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. Get your first month for only five bucks and free shipping by going to dollarshaveclub.com slash weekly standard. Michael Warren is here. And Michael, in honor of uh, the White House folks who are listening, we'll be doing the entire podcast in Russian. <laughs> so, Dostrasviet Revolutsia, my friend. Uh, this is going to be a very short podcast because <laughs> I, I know no Russian. Okay, so, Vodka. <laughs> so, uh, the middle of yesterday afternoon, the middle of Monday, Monday afternoon, right. I do a podcast with Jay Koss, our good buddy, and the title of the podcast is, How Impeachable is Donald Trump? <laughs> and his answer is, not very. Come on, lighten up, Graham. No impeach. <laughs> 24 hours later, here we are, Mr. Here we Warren. Are. Uh, briefly walk through what has happened since then and what we know, et cetera. Well, it, and it is pretty convoluted. I'm trying to give you the bullet points here. So, last Wednesday, we remember, this seems like it was months ago, but <laughs> it was just a week ago that uh, the president fires James Comey, the FBI director. The next day, uh, uh, the president hosted in the Oval Office a, uh, a meeting with uh, Sergei Kislyak, the U.S. ambassador, uh, the Russian ambassador to the United States, and Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister from Russia. It's essentially their secretary of state. The optics weren't weren't great. Uh, the day after the president fired the guy who was investigating possible ties between his campaign and Russia, he brings in the two premier Russian officials ex- available exactly. in the White House. Exactly. In the Oval Office uh, for a meeting. Yeah, exactly. But, but you know, listen, these are... It's a sovereign nation, and we have relations with Russia, so maybe it's it's all it's all good and kosher. Uh, we find out on Monday that in that meeting there were several uh, uh, administration officials and those two Russians. That, uh, uh, according to the Washington Post, big uh, uh, story comes out that uh, Trump had told Russia uh, some uh, some information, some intelligence information, and this wasn't just any intelligence information; it was. Information that we had received from a Intel share uh, agreement with an allied nation. A big no-no. Uh, this comes out. It's sort of a huge bombshell. It sends the entire uh, administration scrambling. Uh, and we have a uh, we have members of the administration, particularly H.R. McMaster, the National Security Advisor, later Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, and others, saying, uh, well, this Washington Post story is false. Uh, there's nothing to it. Let's uh, let's fast forward to Tuesday morning. Uh, the uh, National Security Advisor. Oh, by the way, I should add, it's not just the Washington Post, New York Times, BuzzFeed, uh, Reuters, Associated Press, CNN. They're all reporting. Yes, we're hearing this as well. Anonymous sources. So maybe we should take it with a grain of salt. The next morning. Uh, H.R. McMaster holds a press briefing. I was at it uh, on Tuesday morning at the White House in which he kind of shifts what his argument was a little bit. He had said on Monday uh, evening uh, to reporters, the story is false as it's written. On Tuesday morning, he said, what I meant to say was the premise of the story was false. Uh, so already we're seeing sort of the shifting mm-hmm. arguments. Uh, and uh, and now here, we're, here we are. The administration says uh, it really didn't do anything. What it did was not that big of a deal. Um, I forgot to mention, Michael, the president of the United States, this one minor actor in this whole thing, tweeted on Tuesday morning. Uh, it's it's amazing how much of this. I was he, hoping you weren't going to skip that because I, I was about to jump in with the, the tweets, the tweets. The tweets, of course. Uh, Tuesday morning before H.R. McMaster's uh, press briefing, uh, Trump basically 
uh, stated what uh, a confirmation on Twitter of what the Washington Post original Washington Post story argued, which was uh, that he did provide some information to the Russians, mm-hmm. and he was perfectly le- it was perfectly legal and okay for him to do that. So here's where we are. That, that's where we are. The Trump administration, including the president himself, are arguing uh, what he did. He didn't really do what the Washington Post said they did, that he did. And even if he did, uh, it's really not that big of a deal because it was within his right to do so. And then you've got the Washington Post, other reporters and uh, intelligence sources who are saying this is a big deal. Trump crossed a red line if this is what he did, which was provide this information. Uh, so let's try to yeah, pick out the uh, parts of that. I want to st- I want to give dizzying. I want to give the Trump people their strongest sure. defense, which is H.R. McMaster said, and uh, well, here here's what he has to say. All of you are very familiar with the threat from ISIS. All of you are very familiar with the territory it controls. If you were to say, hey, from where do you think a threat might come from territory that ISIS controls? You would probably be able to name a few cities, I would think. And so it, it was it, it was it was nothing that you would not know from open source reporting in terms of a source of concern. And, and it, had some, it, had, it had all to do with operations that are already ongoing, have been made public for months. So there you go, Michael Warren. Th- yes, Trump was talking about what intelligence is up to in a certain area, but it was nothing that wasn't, in, if you're in that circle, widely known. It might not be widely known in Dubuque, you know, around right. the diner, but for these guys, this was no big deal. And H.R. McMaster, who has a lot of credibility, right. a lot of people admire him, a lot of nice things have been said about him in the Weekly Standard, sure. said repeatedly, I was standing right there, nothing was a problem. Well, I think uh, it's, a care- it's carefully worded what McMaster's been saying this whole time. Uh, his initial statement was that uh, the president did not reveal any sources or methods for receiving this intelligence. But that's not what the Washington Post story uh, reported. The Post reported that he had shared Trump had shared information with the Russians. Now, the way that intelligence works, uh, and, and, and again, I'm approaching this from a layman's journalist perspective, but the this is sort of simple uh, simplification of this is that uh, intelligence information, sort of uh, material information, is separate uh, and, and, and can be uh, used in conjunction with things like the source for that information, the methodology for how that information can be obtained uh, to sort of get a full picture. Sure. So the Russians are doing uh, all sorts of intelligence operations all over the world. They may not uh, have this bit of information. They may not need any of the sourcing. Mm-hmm. They may not need any of the methods. But that that single piece of information that the president is alleged to have have uh, have transmitted uh, could could potentially piece together something bigger that the Russians may not have known. So then the question is, do you trust H.R. McMaster when he says know that this is not a problem. And that's what well, that's well, interesting yeah, to me because H.R. Yes. McMaster has a reputation, but this White House has also earned a reputation. That, and that's so right. You have to balance them. It's very difficult to know just from a gut level who to trust. Well this is there's a there's a sort of you kind of have to parse words here. And I think it you know it can it can be seen as somewhat academic, right? Parsing these different mm-hmm. ideas. But uh, particularly when you're dealing with intelligence, it's it's important because words and terminology mean different things and and and, and uh, I think H.R. McMaster knows that well enough to not say anything that he can sort of he can he he, right. he won't regret saying or, or or won't think won't won't be caught in a in a lie or a misstatement. Sure. Um, but I I think that 
the, the effort by the administration is to sort of distract from this point to say, look, this is not that big of a deal. Really, we're, we were talking about, uh, as McMaster said, we were talking about uh, uh, I, uh, terrorist threats, ISIS, uh, threats on civil uh, civilian airlines. Cities in ISIS-controlled areas, we can name those ourselves. Exa- I don't need a briefing to say Raqqa. Exactly, exactly. Um, the truth is, is that we don't know exactly right. what that information was. The Washington Post has withheld that. Um, and the, the important factor in all this is that after the president said this last Wednesday, uh, uh, it's been reported and has not been denied by the White House uh, that uh, one of uh, the Homeland Security aides, Tom Bossert, immediately called the CIA, immediately called the NSA uh, to alert them. Now, McMaster says he doesn't know anything about, much right. about that and that maybe that was done out of an overabundance of caution. Sure. But uh, I think that indicates uh, a, a, a problem with right. uh, revealing this information. Which now we get to the strongest argument of the Trump critics. But first, as I mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. Hey, Michael Warren, you're familiar with Dollar Shave Club. I'm a member. Really? Uh, with that I admit thick it. beard you exactly. have? Exactly. Well, I didn't use it today, but I normally do use it. And you also normally have a thick beard, so that's important <laughs> to know. Well, I'm a new Dollar Shave Club member, too. I just discovered it, and I love it. It is the smarter choice. Great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. And you know what's interesting is I have the old razor my wife made me buy that was super expensive, and the cartridges are ridiculous price. I think, you know, And I keep it in like, like a little holder thing right next to my Dollar Shave Club razor. I love the fact that the Dollar Shave Club razor looks nicer and feels better. It has more heft in my hand than the fancy schmancy one I overpaid for. I am never going back. Great smooth shave. I'd never used uh, Dollar Shave Club's Dr. I had never used Dollar Shave Club's Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, which is very different from shave cream. It, you can, it's transparent. You can see what you're doing. It fights against uh, ingrown hairs and razor bumps. So I'm loving the Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, too. And here's the deal. You go to dollarshaveclub.com slash weeklystandard and become a Dollar Shave Club member. You'll get your first month for 5 bucks with free shipping. You get the awesome razor, the full cassette of cartridges, a tube of the shave butter. And then after that, every month, the replacement cartridges just ship automatically at their regular price. This is a fantastic deal. No hidden fees, no commitments. DollarShaveClub.com slash Weekly Standard. Get that first month for 5 bucks with free shipping because you listen to the podcast. Okay, now, I gave you the strongest argument the pro-Trump people can make. Here is the strongest argument from the anti-Trump people in this Russia intel case, which is, it's Trump. <laughs> I, 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 I was on uh, CBS News last night, called in for something else, and this happened, so I suddenly had to get up. So they like, you know, Graham, what's your take? Right. My first take is, I don't know anybody who doesn't think that this is completely possible. Right. Nobody doubts for a second that Donald Trump's the kind of guy that would just been talking to someone and wanting to brag as being Trump. By the way, you know, we got this great information from Agent right. 279. I met him one time. He's got a hot girlfriend. I mean, <laughs> this guy, no one doubts. This is the problem. No right. matter how this story resolves, let's say that the Washington Post really did get way out in front on the value of the information. Let's say that it really was kind of commonly known information. Sure. That's why McMaster and Tillerson just stood there was because, you know, you know, everyone knows this. Sure. No one doubts that next time it could absolutely be 
did I mention that our nuclear codes are my wife's measurements? <laughs> I mean, that's Donald Trump, and that problem lingers. Right, exactly. I think the, the administration has a credibility problem. The president has a credibility problem on this. It just sounds like something that Donald Trump would do. I, I think it's I, I think it's interesting to note. I've sort, we're sort of been talking about this as if the defense from pro Trump, the pro Trump side of this uh, argument, is that uh, it's not that big of a deal. But that's not the entire defense. The other defense is that, uh, well, this just goes to show you that there are leaks, and there are really bad leaks from the right. intelligence uh, community, and this is something that needs to stop. This is coming from the president himself. Sure. Uh, and H.R. McMaster mentioned it as th- well. That's right. Now, I've got a little cognitive dissonance with this, because if it's no big deal, then what does it matter that's leaking? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's sort of an inconsistency here. That That's a problem. But look, leaks are a problem as a journalist uh you know i have to sort of balance the idea of uh, uh needing leaks uh to sort of learn about what's going on but also there's the balance of our national security and our national interest and i you know i would hope that that leaks would not uh, damage that uh, but this is sort of a uh a problem for the within the trump white house and within the trump administration the problem of donald trump potentially providing intelligence and it's important to underscore this too it's such a a complicated story michael the information came from a foreign intelligence service that shares that information with us under the uh, uh impression that we do not share that information with other foreign actors without that uh, that that nation's permission. This is sort of the basis for intelligence sharing, and and this is and, and this is I think a real violation of that if it's true. And we the White House has acknowledged that the president gave out this information with no plan. He didn't go in and say, "Look, I've run the my advisors say, you know, tell Russia this. It'll be a good you know right. a, a way to motivate them to help us on X, Y, and Z." He just decided on the spot. I wanted to share it with them. So let me run a scenario by you. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make this. Up completely entirely out of sure. whole cloth. Okay. Let's say there's this country in the Middle East that likes us and has a lot of enemies around it. Let's say it rhymes with Bisrael. Okay. And let's say that there are people going out on a limb here. Right? Give us some information, and we give it to Russia. Rumor has it that Russia is pretty friendly with Syria and Iran. Rumor has it, and Iran is. Once again, I'm just you know, talking out of my ear sure. here, but may know somebody at Hezbollah. And Hezbollah occasionally mentions that they want to wipe Israel off the map. Is it really that hard to figure out? You don't want to talk. To the friends of Hezbollah slash Iran slash Syria, which brings you to Russia. This is a blind spot of the Trump administration, and I think it's the sort of the, uh, to mix all my metaphors, the other side of the coin from the blind spot of the Obama administration. The Obama administration viewed Iran, another very important uh, ally of Syria, really propping up Syria uh, with Russia, uh, was that uh, uh, the the there was there was nothing to be done for the Obama administration in Syria because the the prospect of a deal with Iran on on the nuclear weapons was so important. I think the Trump administration has this sort of blindness about Russia's involvement with Syria because Russia is bombing ISIS, uh, and this is I think uh, uh, a manifestation. This whole incident, this whole episode, is a manifestation of. Uh, what happens when you sort of take that viewpoint uh, too far? Uh, one last part of this conversation that's been helpful for me to understand, when the story first broke, people were saying, well, there are only a handful of people in the room, so we have to know who the sources are. turns out that's not how it works, of a note-taker, if you will, who's there. And then write-ups of the conversation are sent out to key intelligence people so they know like what we're doing with Russia, exactly. we've told them what they know, whatever. And it's the reporting I've seen leads, leads me to believe that kind of what happened is those notes got to intelligence professionals, their hair burst into flames. Right. <laughs> they start, whoa, what the heck? So that's important to know from the 
you can't just say, well, if H.R. McMaster says no problem, then there's no problem. There's right. other sources. Who sure, are absolutely. But it also brings up Steve Hayes's piece uh, at weeklystandard.com that there is a solution for this release the notes. What's your Explain what release the notes would mean and what's your take on that? So there's not a strict transcript, a full transcript of this uh, conversation, but there is something called a memorandum of uh, conversation, uh, which is sort of a term of art for the notes, the, what the uh, what the American officials are writing down and, and sort of noting that's said. Now, in the Washington Post article, it was noted that one of uh, one of the White House aides uh, sought out after this conversation to uh, strike some things that Trump said related to this intelligence from that uh, from that uh, right. uh, document. Uh, well, that tells us that there might be a problem with what he said. Uh, it would be interesting to know. Uh, I don't think it's for the general public to be able to right. read it sort of sure. un, un, unmodified. Unmodified, un, un, exactly. But members of Congress, for instance, a couple of them are already asking about this, would be and should be interested in seeing what what that is and what, what was said. Um, that's something that could be done behind closed doors. And could really kind of clear this up if there's nothing uh, for there's nothing to see here. I'm a little skeptical that there's nothing to see here. Well, if I were the team Trump, I would say we're going to release these notes as soon as you release the uh, Mike Flynn phone transcript. <laughs> no, no, I mean it because F F Flynn obviously has all kinds of problems. He definitely broke the law based on what we know when it comes to Turkey and sure. acting as an agent. But the notion that he was de you know engaged in you know negotiations and, and quid pro quos with the Russians. We can know that because right. those phone calls are recorded. And I, I mean this sincerely. I wish they would release redacted however they can. Sure. This conversation and the Flynn conversation so we can at least end those stories and go on to the millions of other stories. Right. But course, I'm, not, I'm not holding my breath. Me neither. Then again, you never know. Donald Trump may tweet out tomorrow, watch what you say, Yergi. <laughs> there could be tapes of that conversation. Uh, and then it just all starts over again, doesn't it? <laughs> Spasiba Tovarish. Thank you for joining us for the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Daily Standard Podcast. You can find all our podcasts at weeklystandard.com or better still, just subscribe to them at iTunes or Google Play by searching Weekly Standard. When you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode of the Daily Standard, including our special features, the Confab every weekend and Crystal Clear every Friday. Plus, you can leave reviews of the podcast and let people know that you found content that you enjoy. Don't enjoy it? Have a question, comment, or complaint? Just email podcasts at weeklystandard.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.